thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive. Let's win. Here we go. President Myers, we'll jump, we'll jump right in. Um, this, this has been really a, a rewarding experience for me, more so than, than many of the people who comment and who tell me about it. Because initially, I'll be quite honest, I didn't want to do it. You know, I'm a coach and uh, I, I, I'm not a reporter. But once, once Pat helped me to understand that this was a discussion, this is a discussion about leadership to learn from leaders, man, I, I got, like I said, I, I got more than I bargained for. And, it, and it, it actually has continued to be that way as we've talked to, we've talked to head coaches, we've talked to athletic directors, we've talked to uh, associate athletic directors, we've talked to uh, people all over the spectrum. We've talked to people from search firms. We've talked to uh, agents. And we're excited now to be able to talk to you, right? We're excited to be able to talk to you, someone who has been at the pinnacle of leadership, who, four-star Air Force general, 600 combat hours. Uh, I don't know if I could go through one hour of combat, uh, but 600 I think you do. Hours. On many Saturdays in the fall, I think you go through <laughs> many hours of combat, not to mention. So it's not, a, it's not unlike that. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll take that. And, and who is now our president at Kansas State, newly announcing his retirement. And, uh, and that saddens me as well as our K-State faithful. Uh, because, of course, K-State is your alma mater. You're originally from Kansas, and I speak for all the proud Wildcats, as they say, we, we appreciate all that you've done uh, at K-State and, and that you will continue to do. We're not going to let you off the hook. Right? I hope not. I hope people will figure out ways to use me because my, my passion for the institution, for the state of Kansas, uh, for a lot of things that we do and stand for, I, I'd like to stay connected in whatever way people think is useful and not be in the way of the next president, whoever he or she is and that sort of stuff. But I got to tell you, when I first heard about you doing this, Coach Malone, I was really excited. I said, wow, this is this is really cool. And I, I, I imagine you did approach it with a little trepidation saying, okay, is this really up my alley? Right. But but you just said it is up your alley. And, and um I just think it's a terrific thing you do. I, I really think it's it's awesome, and I've, I've been really looking forward to this. Well, you know, and and I can go on and on about the the experience that I've had, but you know what I what I've been able to find out as we talk to leaders from different, I'll say from different walks of life, that 
it's it's like my mom always said when when you hear different people saying the same thing saying it in a different way it must be right it must be true <laughs> and and that's what that's what we've heard that's what we've heard from the different leaders so so we'll jump right in uh what i what i like for you to do you know in football we have the heisman trophy right and so this heisman trophy when you present that Heisman Trophy, that guy has highlights, right? And you go through his season, it has highlights. <laughs> well, let's look at your career as a highlight. And I'm gonna let you put that highlight together. So take us from, from today, today, you know, when you, um, decided that this is the end for you as the president <laughs> of Kansas State. Well, I'm, thank you for that. And I'll try to do this quickly because I know we're, we have limited time. But uh, I came to K-State wanting to be a veterinarian. That's why I chose K-State over, let's say, KU, where my rest of my family had gone up to that point. And then I decided the last minute not to do going to pre-vet to go into engineering. And then they said, oh, by the way, you've got to go over to Ahern Fieldhouse and you've got to enroll in ROTC because it was mandatory at the land-grant institutions when I came to school here in, in 1960 and for a couple more years after that. And I said, really? And I had never thought about the military. My family had not served in the military. Wow. So I went over and there was a choice of Army and Air Force and it came down to walk to war or fly to war. And I said, I think I'll fly <laughs> to war. <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't a very sophisticated decision-making process. So I went into ROTC for, it was required for two years there was no obligation at the end of that two years. You did not have to serve. <clears throat> so I, uh, I did never intended to take the junior and senior course. Never thought that would be a thing I'd do. Excuse me a minute. <clears throat> and, uh, but I liked it so much. I liked the folks I was studying with. I liked the, the cadre that was teaching us, the Air Force officers and enlisted. And so I took the junior and senior course also as a hedge against the draft. Vietnam was raging. I didn't want to get drafted. I didn't mind serving. But I, going through ROTC, I thought I'd have more of a choice of where, when and where I might serve. And then they taught me to fly my senior year. So uh, Coach Mullen, I, I learned to fly out here at Manhattan Airport, where you guys fly out in and out of all the right. time, and uh, in a little bitty airplane. And the first time we got airborne, I looked down, I said, wow, this is cool. And that, for me, it, it was uh, one of those defining moments that th I really love this. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have those in life where, wow, I really love this. Coaching's probably that for you at some point. You said, wow, I really love this. So it's important to pay attention to those moments. And so I went in the military, still not thinking I'd make a career of it. And uh, the highlight reel in the military would be that uh, I was, uh, I, I got through pilot training in pretty good shape. I had a choice of weapons systems. I took an F-4, get very far if I don't go to Vietnam, immediately volunteered for Vietnam and uh, went through some additional training, went to, went to Vietnam. And um, I had two tours there and, and both of them involved uh, sort of special missions in the F-4 where you were it, it almost, you're like a free safety. You were able to, you're supposed to roam your, <laughs> a lot of territory and you take the action you thought was important <laughs> at the go. time. And so um, I kind of, I don't know if that describes the free safety very well, but it pretty was, close. There's a, there's a, there was a lot more autonomy as we, uh, as I did that and that, and then, and then that I got sent to a, a school, a school in, in aviation, fighter aviation, 
that only a, a less than 10% of the, the pilots get to go to. So I, I knew at that point I was doing pretty well, I guess. And then I, um, I they just kept promoting me. And I, my, uh, my brother at the time was running a business, a family business in Kansas City. And once they promoted me to general after about 23, four years in the, in the military, he says, I guess you're not coming back. I kept saying, you just wait, I'll be back. I'll be back, just wait. Yeah, and, um, and I so uh, and I served a forty-year career. I can tell you, and for I think for young people, you never know where life's going to take you, right? So, so I I just kind of followed my passion, and my passion was to stay in the military to do those sorts of things. And after forty years, I was able to to rise to, uh, you know, as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which by law is the most senior person in the military. You know, and to me my dad was in the military so so i knew you know when i when i started to follow your career i knew what what that all meant i knew what um you being the president here at kansas state i knew the kind of person that that i'd be around and so even coming to have you on this podcast uh you are like i said earlier you're the consummate leader Right, you. I'm not sure. I don't know, Coach. I, but oh yeah, we all work together. We leaders lead. We they they want to lead like you. So, so as the president of a major university in 2020, and and you and I, we experienced some of this together. Uh, there were there were quite the challenges. What would you, as you as you look back, what would you say 2020 did for you as a leader, or or maybe even how it really challenged you. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do both, but let me just reset just a second, because something you said earlier, you know, leadership is leadership, no matter where you are or what you're doing. And you don't even have to have a title or the responsibility of it. You can be a leader um, by your actions, by your values, by living out your values. Um, or you can have a title, president, they expect me to lead, right? But um, you're expected to lead. Uh, on the on the on the football team, um, so and and then you're as you think about leadership. If you start studying early, you know you 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 learn that it applies across all these various disciplines. So so coming to K State, you mentioned uh, 2020, 2021, a couple of things. We had the pandemic, and so I think we all when we're in in these challenging situations, you fall back on the rocks that have gotten you to the point. Are. And I, I just mentioned some of them. Some of them are your personal values that you learned very early in life through family, church, um, schools you went to, uh, your grade school teacher, your high school teacher, your coaches at that level. Uh, and then K-State, of course. I mean, I, I learned a lot here. People were very helpful here to get me through my mechanical engineering uh, curriculum. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the greatest student in engineering, and, but I stuck with it. I persevered. And maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but I just put my head down and said, I'm going to get through this. Mm -hmm. and, and they were very, very helpful across the campus. So they give you a confidence, I guess, to allow you to, to do and explore other, other things. Uh, so when it comes to the pandemic, you put the right people together. I think it's really important for leaders to listen. There's no one person that knows everything about everything. And so you need a lot of input these days to, to help, you, help you understand what's going on. So I, I, I like dissent when I'm talking. I want, if people don't agree with what's being said or don't agree with me and the Kind of where I'm headed, speak up. That's why you're sitting here. Please speak up and let me know I'm maybe about ready to go off the rails. 
And uh, I found that very helpful. So I think we've navigated, and you know this well, because you, the football team did an excellent job of this uh, and through the pandemic of navigating that. And I think we relied on the things that we always rely on. And then, of course, somewhere in there is personal responsibility. We all have responsibility for our own actions. But, but from a leadership perspective, that was that piece. And then the other piece that I'm sure you're referring to is that the whole social injustice issues that arose quite rapidly after the murder of uh, George Floyd. And, um, you know, again, you have to rely on what do you think is important in life? What are your values? And you take those and, and how do you guide an institution uh, that, that wants to be uh, the best we can be at taking care of our students, all our students, and make sure that all our students are, have the same shot at success, the same shot at graduation. And, and how do we make sure that, that happens and they, they feel uh, that they're included uh, that they're they're loved here, and, and and how do we do that? So out of that, uh, we listened. We listened to students, and I think people know we have a fairly aggressive eleven-step action plan that kind of looks at all our policies, our procedures. Uh, can we organize better uh, to take care of our students and ensure, and and faculty and staff too, for that matter, to to make sure they have the best opportunity to succeed, succeed which we owe them. That's our that's our obligation. So. I think the way you get through it is with, you have a good team, mm-hmm. you, you, you get the team to help you, and, uh, and then you set a course, and, and when you set a course, sometimes that course won't take you to where you wanna go, you have to change course in the middle, say, that wasn't quite right, this is better, and, uh, and just keep trying to make it, make it better, but that's, that's how I did it, and uh, you learn a lot. I mean, right. one of the reasons I stayed in the military was there was no tolerance for discrimination. It didn't mean it didn't happen, in the military, but there was no tolerance. If people were discriminatory towards anybody or person, they didn't last long in the military. I like that. Uh, we're not that lucky here at K-State. We're a public institution. We got to put up with all types. And so trying to adjust to some people's point of views, which I clearly don't agree with, uh, and how do we educate young students that this is, this is a public institution, this is probably going to happen, uh, but we don't, have to, we don't have to tolerate it, and we can make sure that uh, people, uh, that we deal with it in appropriate ways and educate people and, and try to get this community to be as, as, as inclusive as we can possibly make it. Which I, I think the city of Manhattan, the state of Kansas for that matter, has shown to be a very inclusive environment. And, and you know, during those moments, pandemic, social injustice moments, uh, I, I really uh, grew and respected your leadership during those times. So oh, yours too, yours too, Coach. I because we were all in this together. We're all trying to figure this out together, and um, and it was and it was important. Those were important moments, and I think I think the countries, for the most part, got it. For the most part, I hope we can keep the momentum up because there is there's there's needs to be continual change, trying to get better and better and better. Much like you do with your your team, you want them to get better every day. Well, right. we as a, we as a society have to get better every day. Right. And we can't we can't take the pressure off of, of that, in my humble opinion. Right. And I think you just made a great point is that, you know, we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And sometimes it takes yeah. others to to put that pressure on us. So so let's talk about your staff when you over the years, when you've chosen people to to get on the bus with you. What are some things that you look for? when you are choosing the staff, when you're choosing the people that you want to work with? Well, I think they're the obvious ones. You want people that are confident, but you also, 
you would like to have people that have similar values. You can't say the same, I don't think, but similar values, whether it's an institution like K-State or whether it's uh, a military organization, if you're bringing somebody on board, do you have, do you have the right values? To, I'll give you an example. In the Joint Chiefs of Staff, we have all the different services represented, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, now it'll be Space Force and so forth, but all, all represented. And you hope they come to the, to the Joint Staff with an open mind on uh, providing policy guidance and all that and, and, and strategic planning for the force, the total force, not just the, the force they came from. So you'd hope that somebody like me, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I'm an Air Force officer, but if I start sounding like an Air Force officer in all my decisions, in fact, I told my vice chairman, it was a Marine General, uh, Pete Pace, I said, Pete, if you see me acting like, a, like an Air Force turkey, then you, you either correct me on the spot or when we get back in the office, you take a two before and hit me on the side of the head and say, you know how you sounded in there? Because <laughs> I wanted to come across as I'm the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, not of the Air Force. I'm, it's everybody. And so I think that's, uh, that's one of the ways you need to, uh, need, need to look at those, those sorts of situations. Now, so, I'll tell you one other thing. This is, you'll find this, I think, maybe even strange, but, you know, when you, besides competence and, and, and being able to think more strategically, depending on the level of job you have, um, I, I'm reluctant to hire anybody that doesn't have a sense of humor. It just, that, because if you can't laugh at yourself or at something else, then there's, there's, there's something, I mean, life is serious. I got it. And we got to be really serious. It doesn't mean you can't show a sense of humor. And I think that when people show a sense of humor, to some degree, maybe that indicates uh, they can, especially if they're making fun of themselves, that can be a little humility showing through. Uh, I like to work, I don't, I don't think any of us tolerate arrogant people very well. So I'm, I'm looking for trying to determine, is this, this person think he's better than everybody else or she thinks she's better than everybody else in this room? Uh, that kind of person's not gonna have a very long line of followers. And I think throughout life, it's not going to be near as effective as it could be if they had a different approach. Right, which I, I, I would totally agree. I, I um, one of the one of the other uh, leaders we've had on the podcast, he he talked about the fact that leaders have to be vulnerable, and and they have to allow people who work with them to know that that they can be vulnerable as well. And nobody's perfect, right? And so yeah, um, when you can when you can open up and, and as a leader and say, you know what, I'm not as good at this or I'm not as good as that, then you allow people to do the same. You talked us just a second ago about leadership being able to come. I'm a, I'm a, I read a lot of leadership books. One of the leadership books that I've read over the years is um, John Maxwell, I believe, 360 degree leader. Right, right. And uh, there's a story in this book about, um, a CEO who who really got messaging from one of the janitors, one of the custodians in the building. Exactly. And and so you you know you think like you said earlier, we all think that this person has to be the leader. And guess what? When the world looks at it, they may because that guy has a title or that lady has a title, but really the leadership can be coming from a totally different place, one that you never expect. And you better be open to that, right? You better, I, I was remember I was going in to give a class at uh, leadership studies. When in the restroom, uh, there was a janitor, a custodial guy in there. Um, we just got to talking, you know, 
we didn't have, I didn't have much time, but we just got to talking. And on the one hand, you look at him, you say, well, there's a custodial individual. And then on the other hand, you learn all he's done in life in, in terms of helping young people. Because he had a wonderful story, amazing story. That if you just kind of, and so you want his input. That's, a, that's an input you need. I get, I love it when I get stuff from the, some of the, the workers that are, the, 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 are maybe not compensated as much as everybody else around here. Mm -hmm. I love those kind of inputs. They, they mean as much to me as getting something from Chuck Taper or, or, or Provost or, or anybody else. They're just, uh, those comments are precious. And, and, and by the way, you know, you see me around practice sometimes. I like to hear what, if, if people will open up, if you can develop enough trust for the open up, I just like to hear what they're, what's on their minds. And, and sometimes they tell me things that are useful. I'll, I'll give you an example. I was talking to Mike McGurl uh, a season and a half ago on the men's basketball team, I, and we were just chatting. And he said, you know, the one thing that, that bugs me, we don't, when we, when we have to take school off, sometimes our, our professors don't give us, uh, they'll, they'll dock us points on an exam or on, you know, participation if we have to go represent the university somewhere else. And I started talking around, well, there are a lot of people that represent students, that represent the university. And that, so we came up with a, a new policy for uh, our faculty to follow when people who are representing the university uh, uh, go off campus and can't make a test, can't make a, a class. And I know you deal with that all the time, but it was, right. it wasn't right. And so Mike, Mike said, here's, what, here's one of the things that bugs me. And I said, hey, I got it. And I ran with it. I mean, I wouldn't know that, you know, if I didn't right. bump into people and they felt free to tell me about stuff. Now, which I think, it, like we said earlier, it's important that the leader allows that. You know, there's a triangle. In coaching, we always talk about the triangle, right? Coach Kleinman and I talk about this all the time, is that when, when, when everything flies off the table, you don't know where to go next. Everyone is looking at the leader. Yes. They're watching. They're watching the beads of sweat on your brow. They're watching you. And so it's at that moment that you have to gather yourself. You have to center yourself because now the next move is based off of how you just reacted, you know, in the way. You brought up a, a saying a word. If you're in a leadership position, people are watching everything, everything you do. Yeah. Everything. There was a general once at a base that commented in the base paper uh, trying to extol people or encourage people to wear seatbelts. Somebody wrote in the next week, and the next week's edition says, Hey, Commander, you're supposed <laughs> to wear seatbelts. But I noticed six months ago at Thanksgiving, you left the base exchange and you didn't buckle up. So you don't think people are watching you? Now, he was a one star. You don't right. think. People are watching you. That you're you're not a hypocrite. That your words match your deeds. Right. That uh, and and the power it gives a leader is that just by doing things the right way on a daily basis. Military, making sure my shoes are shining, I'm wearing the uniform correctly. As a squadron commander, if I got sloppy, I can guarantee you within a week everybody looked like me. Hey, we're not getting haircuts anymore. I got a scruffy little face here. That's yeah. It's, it's powerful for a leader to know that they're watching. And it's well, well, you just made six points then. It's I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> because we, you know, sometimes we struggle. We struggle with pushing young men into that role because when you're the leader, you think you have to be perfect, right? Because 
the, the one point is, is that you think you have to be perfect. The next point is, is that you know you are not perfect. So wait a minute, I don't need to be telling ABC to do ABC because I know I am not perfect. I know I didn't do perfect. And I don't want them to come down on me when I'm, you know, sometimes a leader is goody two shoes guy. I got it. Yep. Yep. And so, but, but I think to be the leader, you have to understand, no, I'm not perfect. You have to understand that, but today I'm going to try to be, and today I'm going to do everything I can to do it the right way. And, and guess what? Yes. Yesterday I didn't wear my seatbelt, but that was a mistake. I'm honest enough with you to yeah. say that was a mistake. And moving forward, I want to wear my seatbelt. Moving forward, I want to do it the way it's supposed to be done. You know, we're we're not perfect, but we should always be striving for whatever our idea of perfection is. Right. Uh, or to be our best. And so that's all people should expect. There's there's no human that I know that's ever been perfect. Right. Some have come pretty close, but that doesn't. You're not perfect, so you're always always striving to get better and to correct your imperfections because we all have them, right? We all have our blind spots and all this kind of stuff. We just got to get better at it. And, right. and I think the young students that you try to get in the leadership roles uh, understand that and understand they can really influence by just how they do business, right? just how they do it. So you've been around some extraordinary leaders in your career. If you had to choose a couple, and I know it would be difficult, but if you had to choose a couple of people who have really, from a leadership standpoint, been a big time influence on your life, who would those people be? And, and what did you learn from them? So I think part of it is, you know, kind of going back in history. So, so a lot of my military career as we, and, and by the way, I went to, in a 20 year career, most, most officers and, and for that matter, NCOs will spend uh, a couple of years in education, not training, not learning how to fly a plane or drive a ship or any of that stuff, but, but, but education. And part of that education is always around leadership. And so you get to read things that maybe you wouldn't read otherwise. But So one of the, the guiding stars for me was uh, uh, General Eisenhower, then President Eisenhower. And, and the reason was um, he had a real degree of selflessness about him. He was, he was seeing all his buds prior to World War II as we entered World War II, he's seen all his friends, Bradley and Patton, all his close associates go forward to get these major commands in Europe. And he was told he was going to stay back and do strategic planning uh, in Washington because that's what he's really good at. And he, he didn't like that, but he said, okay, if that's what I'm really good at, if that's what the country needs me, that's what I'll do. Well, then eventually appointed to be the commander over everybody in Europe. Right. So you never know how it's going to turn out. But I think that sense of, um, selfless service that I, I mentioned, or I think, so Eisenhower would be way up there. Um, right down the road, uh, President Truman grew up in, uh, in Independence, and he was real. I liked, he was just a real guy. And he, he, when he spoke, you could understand where he was coming from, and uh, he wasn't afraid to make a decision. And think about the crises he had to handle in, in terms of uh, coming out of World War II, getting into the Korean War, and, and, and dealing with uh, generals that were pretty arrogant and, and but he, his actions were, I thought, were really, 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 really good. So those would be a couple. In the military, um, you just learn, you pick out, and I think for young people, you pick out 
the people you admire, the way they go about their business. And you, I even took notes when I was a young lieutenant. I would take notes. That officer, that squadron commander is really good. Here's what he does that I think is really good. I took notes on the ones I didn't like. And there was one I did not like. Most of us lieutenants didn't like him. And we took notes on, if I ever get to be a squadron commander, I'm not going to do it that <laughs> way. And I still have those, those notes today. I'm just not going to do that because it was, and he turned out not to, not to turn out, he didn't go as far as he could have just by his own character, but, but which goes, so those, I think your heroes are where you find them, find the folks you just you really admire the way they do, do their business and, and, uh, and, 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 pick those things off for yourself. Say, yeah, I'd like to be more like that. All right. So this is the last question. And this is always a, a cool question for some people. And some people, uh, it's, it's a little bit challenging. But if you could go back and you could talk to your younger self, what would you, what would you say to that young man to help him be better at that stage? So I think... Um, I'll, I'll, so, so through high school, I thought things, you know, I, I probably wouldn't change a lot of that. I, I thought I was paying attention to, I did a lot of sports and, and that sort of stuff. That's that, at least at the formal level stopped when I got to the university, but I think I'd be, try to be more disciplined with my time utilization. So that'd be one thing I'd talk to myself about. And then as I got into the Air Force, as I mentioned, I, the highlight reel for, <clears throat> for me in my first 10 years would be pretty good. I mean, not, you know, pretty decent. When my father died after I'd been in the, in the military about 10 years, I found out I had another gear. And I can't explain this, Coach. I do not know why it was this way. But when my dad died. I said, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to watch me from where he, he's going, but and my mom has passed then as well. I said, I, I need to be as good as I can possibly be. And I, in my own trajectory in the Air Force changed because I, I just try to be the best I could be at everything they gave me to do and every opportunity. And I, I found out, <clears throat> I thought I was doing that already, but I found out I had another gear. Yeah. And maybe I, and, and when I came here, you know, I, I, you can't rest on your laurels. Yeah, I've got a lot of leadership abilities. I've been at very high levels, but this is a different, a different situation. This is a, a different culture, and uh, you got to learn how to fit in. And it's, it's, I've got, I had to find another gear for for Kansas State University. It was easy because this has been such a privilege and an honor. But so I think we can always do more than we think we can. Some psychologists could tell me when my dad died why I reacted the way I did, but I can remember that talking to myself saying, okay, Myers, you got to kick it up a notch here. You, there's no reason for you to be second at anything. Yeah. You're going to be first. Yeah. And, and not in an arrogant way, but just in a self-motivational right. way to make sure that I was giving everybody around me, all of me, you know, to, to get the job done. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's amazing and, and cool uh, for you to, for you to have that moment. Um, I think what, what you said earlier is, is that sometimes when we're young, we think we're doing it. You know, we think we're doing it, but but, but maybe somewhere in there, if you really, and I always challenge our players, I'll, I'll ask them when, I'll, they'll, I'll ask them the first time, did you do your best? Yes, I did, yes, I did. Okay, did you do this? What about yes. that? 
Yeah. You can you can start to see well if you if you start to examine your operation on your own, you can see the ways you could be better. You know, you could see the ways you could do better in your classes. You could study your opponent better. You could practice harder. Yeah. You know, the game is always fun, but it's those other moments that that people sometimes don't do their best. Yeah, we always hear that. Uh, at least you, I, I hear anyway that the people that really excel, let's say, at football, they spend a lot of time studying the game, studying their opponents, and and kind of getting that in the back of their mind, so they have they know a little bit what to expect. So when they're they're trying to make a split decision, they make it the right way, and right. and it doesn't always work out, but. I think that's that's true of life, you know, just kind of studying every, everything you can to when you finally get on the field. And for me, my field's different, but when you get on the field, you want to be able to to react to, to what's around you. And that takes study. I'm getting ready to go to a Board of Regents meeting tomorrow. And um, we had a session, a two hour session today, getting me ready, right? People that know a lot better than me, getting me ready. Because I want to, when I go down there, I want to be as good as I can be in front of the Board of Regents in, term of, uh, in terms of representing uh, K-State University. And it's, it, it's uh, I mean, I get, I get uh, a funny feeling in my stomach about that. I, want, I mean, I, I can do this, I know that, but I don't, I don't want to don't just do it, I want to be good at it. I mean, right. really good. And uh, anyway. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, you always well, have. <laughs> yeah, you only hope. Have. So I'm, 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 I'm excited to hear that you, you tore it up <laughs> in a good way. President Musk, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate your time. And uh, like I said, we're, we're, it's just see you later, right? You're not going anywhere. So now, uh, about that, it's, it's bittersweet with me too. And there's, when we're together privately, I'll, I'll tell you some of the things I was thinking about, but um, you know, I want to do what's best for the university, but it is bittersweet leaving. I love, I love K-State. I love our students, our faculty, our staff. We've got a really good culture here, I believe, really good folks. And uh, I, I, I hate not to be as close to it as likely going to happen after in, in next year. So I, so to me, it's bittersweet and it's not, doesn't come easy. And I can get emotional if I think about it too long. Cause this, it, you know, Right. means a lot, lot to all of us. But uh, anyway, thank you for those comments. Well, thank you. Thank you again for, for having the time with us. And I uh, want you to have a, a, a great day. And like I said, go tear it up. At the <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll use the tear it up. That's, that's, that's good. I mean, it, right. I, it means something to your players. It's, it means something to me now. I'm going to go tear it up yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday up. down there in Lenexa, Kansas when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> And Coach Malone, I can't thank you enough for doing this. This is, I, I think, really important for lots of people. I don't know who will see it or what they'll think of it, but as they as they go through life, to have the ability to to look at different intersections of views and figure out what what's meaningful to them, I think that's a, a really important service for our student athletes and others that might see this. So you know, the, you. The, the funny thing is that that I've gotten comments and responses from people across the spectrum from student athletes to people who had nothing to do with sports to uh, coaches to athletic directors across the board. And, and so, you know, I, I just, 
sometimes you do things again, like, like we, we said earlier, you do things that you think they're going to come across one way. You have a plan for it to go this way <laughs> and it goes a totally different way. So yep. I, I just been, I feel like I've been really blessed to have this opportunity because I've learned more than, than I ever thought I would. And, and to have the experience has been really cool for me, but I know if, if it's helping someone else, well, that just takes my That's the big deal. To another That's level. the big deal. Yeah. Well, right. you, you're, you're, you, you showed a lot of courage just to do it because it wasn't in your comfort zone, as you said earlier, you yeah. did it. Yeah. And I, I get put in those kind of positions all the time around here and you just got to go do it. And that's where you learn the most too, by the way. So right. get right. out there, get out of your comfort zone, do participate and good things will happen.